0: Nobody out. The 2-0 pitch. Here's a swing, a long fly ball in the left field. This is going to leave the park. This is the Countdown to Opening Day show presented by Amron. That ball's hit deep to left. This one's going to be out of here. Get up,
1: baby.
0: Get up. Get up. Get up. Oh, yeah. This one is going to go. Oh, my. He got all of that one. Now, Mike Claiborne and Kevin Wheeler and the Countdown to Opening Day show presented by Amron on the Cardinals Radio Network.
2: Kicking off a new edition of the Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day show presented by Amron, here on the Cardinals Radio Network. Mike Claiborne, Kevin Wheeler with you here. Claybs, lucky jerk, is in Florida. Wheeler, l- unlucky jerk, is still in the cold <laughs> snow up north. But Claybs, pitchers and catchers reported today, so I'm feeling a little bit better
1: about the whole thing. We're getting close. Well, you should feel better because uh, while the weather may not agree, uh It agrees here, but more importantly, Kevin, we're finally to a day that I, I think we were wondering if we were going to have this thing take place on this particular day. There was yeah. a lot of discussion about moving it back and this and that Pitchers and catches are here. And I will say this, this is the most unique and mo- the most different spring training I've ever been part of. And I guess I've covered 35 of them over the course of time. And, um, because everything is outdoors, and so let me give you just a for our listeners an idea of what it looks like. Okay, the back end of the the um, the facility, the eastern portion of uh, Roger Dean Stadium, is where the players park and where the clubhouses are and the back right, fields right. are. Where where the clubhouse is and where the weight room is and the patio area and all the other area near the batting cages is covered by tents. Ah, uh-huh. it's it's a true tent city. Yeah, reason being. Uh, the Cardinals are going to try and do as many things outdoors as they can. They eat outside, they meet uh, outside, yeah, they yeah, work yeah. out outside. Uh, the only thing they're going to be able to do inside is go in and change into their uniforms and shower and go. Yeah, uh, Nothing else. They've used the entire complex as far as the other locker rooms. There'll be 30 players in the main locker room which normally could house as many as 50 oh, yeah. or 60
3: yeah
1: uh and they're using the other minor league locker rooms for players and coaches as well so they're trying to spread it out as much as they can to give everybody the social distance and uh it's going to be a challenge and, and the biggest challenge will be and we'll have a chance to visit with mike Schilt a little later and maybe he can tell us about how long these days can be because they're going to do yeah. do it much like the manner we saw in st louis in the right, summer right right where, you know, guys are coming at different times. So there's a lot of changes. Uh, I hope it's the last one we ever see in this regard. Uh, But it's going to be a real challenge.
2: Yeah, you know, this is a lot different than the training camps last summer, right? I mean, spring training Mm -hmm. shut down in March. And, you know, basically everything stopped until we got to basically the beginning of July. And then we had the the restart, right? And that was just completely different. That was just you and your own team. You eventually did get to play a couple of exhibitions against the team that you were going to face in your first series, right? I mean, so you had a little bit. They're gonna try to do the whole thing. And I and obviously, you know, there probably will be, as we've seen in the NHL and the NBA, there are probably going to be games that get postponed or canceled. And, you know, that's something that is gonna be interesting too. And I know we'll we'll catch up with both Mike Shill and Mike Maddox today regarding the planning and how you do all this. Cause look, Claves, so the spring training's already short. Yes. It, it, it's, it's already short. Yeah. It's already short, what? Like six eight, games. nine games. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: It's short six games. And, and now we have an, an additional, we have three additional off days. So you'll have an off day once a week mm-hmm. compared to uh, normally, I think he had two during the entire spring training. Yeah. But even with the off day, if you have a, a positive situation, and God forbid, if we do, uh you, you can't really make up a game because you know the protocol is going to require you shutting it down for a minimum yep. 3 or 4 days so you know there's a lot of things that are still up in the air i i, I talked to john Moselock this morning a little bit and uh he said this is as nerve-wracking as anything he's ever done and you, you and i talked about talked to him recently about right. how excruciating the arnado deal was and he told me you can multiply that times 10 oh man on all the things that are going on behind the scenes
2: yeah and and look I, this is in no way just kind of singling out the cardinals in this I mean there are twenty nine other teams that are having this same kind of conversation, and they're talking about how what what they can do to do all this safely, and I understood the the arguments for you know delaying things and pushing it back a month, but I also kind of had them back in my head also kind of thought, you know, I'm not sure how much different it's going to be in a month
4: mm-hmm. no, <laughs> I that's mean that's true.
2: It's going to be different. I mean, there are going to be more people vaccinated, right? There are going to be things like that, but it's still not going to be a huge percentage of the population based on the, way, the rate things are happening now. I wonder if it's best just to get started like this early. And then if there are delays, you got time with, within the next six, six and a half months to really kind of finagle the schedule any way you need to.
1: I think that's a great point you make. And, and here's one of the other things that comes into play here. Um, You know, there are some people that are going to be vaccinated while we're here in spring training because right. of age or pre-existing condition. Mm-hmm. That won't make a difference because it's the, the, the other issue is you may be still carrying the virus. It doesn't affect you, but you could spread it to someone else. So therefore, being vaccinated here doesn't really help, which is why they're waiting on more people, as you mentioned, to be vaccinated where uh, we can eliminate. The uh, more people being infected, so th- there's a lot of things going on, and the unfortunate thing is we 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 don't have enough baseball yet. And I think everybody who's here, whether soon John Mosellock like all the way down to the clubhouse guys would just want to see some people play. Okay, yeah. to get into a routine and and let's just keep our fingers crossed.
2: Well, that's the other thing, and we'll we'll close this segment on this note, and and then we'll start getting into. Uh, a lot of details so john mozalock you mentioned you spoke to him earlier today he also spoke to the general press today we're going to play a little bit of that coming up next then we'll get to our two-part interview with mike schilt so we talked to him for a good bit this week uh, mike maddox and gary larock next hour so we're we're doing our best Claves, to paint the picture of what the spring training is going to look like because there's not a whole lot of access right now for people that want to get in and watch or take notes or ask questions you know normally you know, you've been doing this for years. I've done it for a number of years. You go down there, you go, you move from the bullpen to a backfield to the cages, and you just kind of wander around and see what, what's happening. Who's, you know, who's getting a little extra work at what position? You know, what, what pitcher is working on something in the pen? Like you can say, I, and it sounds like we're not going to be able to have much of that at all, at least here at the beginning.
1: Well, here's what they're going to do. They're going to designate some areas where you can take in some things of what you speak of. Uh, but you won't have that act, that real access like we're accustomed to, and just right. putting your hands on the screen and watching a guy take some swings in the cage or yep. walk on one of the other fields. They're going to have designated areas uh, for now, and you have to be you have to wear a mask at all times. Uh, but the access isn't. You're right. It's not what we've been accustomed to. So we're going to have to try and make the most of it uh, with what we have. Uh, there won't be as many media people here. A lot of TV stations have elected not to come early. And I know Derek Gould is here. Rick yep. Hummel is here. Mm-hmm. And you know what? That's really all I care about. right? And you're here. The <laughs> oh, I mean, three there. of us are here. You- and, and that's some other people I'm sure that are here. But from a credibility standpoint for me, I think this is a commission. I forgot. I think this is 41st or 42nd wow. Spring. Yeah. That's pretty uh, awesome. I think this is 35 for me. Derek's been here for a while. Um, but a lot of the other media types either aren't here or are irrelevant as far as I'm concerned.
2: So we've got a lot to do here on the show today. Uh, As I mentioned, we're going to hear from Mike Schilt later this hour, Mike Maddox and Gary LaRock next hour. Uh, We'll also hear from Matthew Libertor and Nolan Gorman. They had a fun, um, I guess you could say, virtual experience, right, during the winter warm-up. The two of them are childhood friends from the Phoenix area, drafted in the first round right next to each other, and now they're potentially teammates in the minor leagues and they're certainly two of the better prospects not just in the Cardinals system but in Major League Baseball at this point so busy show coming your way up next we're going to hear from John Moselock some of his thoughts on the day that pitchers and catchers report that's next up here on the Cardinals countdown to opening day show presented by Amron on the Cardinals
0: radio network this is the Cardinals countdown to opening day show presented by Amron on OX.
2: Continuing on with the Cardinals countdown to Opening Day show presented by Amron here on the Cardinals Radio Network. Of course, today the day that pitchers and catchers report for duty, and it's great to have that in the rearview mirror with things underway and the season coming up faster than we actually probably think that it is. It's going to get here really quick, especially with a condensed spring training schedule that we're looking at. Now, earlier today, as a part of pitchers and catchers reporting. Cardinals President of Baseball Operations John Mozeliak held a Zoom conference to talk a bit about the comings and goings here early in camp.
4: The anticipation for the start of today is still very real. It's still exciting for everybody that's down here, but I think we all realize it is different. And so from a player standpoint, from a staffing standpoint, from an employee standpoint, we're all having to adapt and, and, and make those adjustments as best we can. But, you know, as I, as I walk the fields this morning, there is still that excitement. Um, there, there's no doubt that, that we have to focus on, on safety, health and safety is on the foremost of everybody's mind. And so making sure that we follow these protocols, making sure that, that our players and staff feel comfortable in the environment they're in, we can make it something that we can get through this. And you know, ultimately, there's two big tests we have to pass. One is, can we uh, avoid having a, a outbreak in our camp? And two, we have to prepare for a season and making sure that we have a a roster that we're excited about, we believe in, and we think can be competitive. And so, as we look to this, um, we're gonna be kind of running parallel paths. One is making sure that this environment is is safe and and productive from a standpoint of being able to avoid um, having a shutdown. And then number two is being able to focus on the baseball side of things. And, you know, speaking with Mike Schilt and his staff over the last few days were really excited for the baseball part but you know we're gonna to have to go about it a little differently and you know certainly uh, I think the mood of this camp is everybody's relieved to be down here and to get going but we also know there's going to be some challenges. Are
5: you guys still looking to possibly make some improvements or is that something you guys are, are working
6: or, or looking toward at all?
4: Overall we're very confident in the roster we have. Uh, obviously there's still some some players out there. I can't imagine us doing anything on the major league level at this point, um, but you know, never say never. But ultimately, I feel like after we had our roster meetings yesterday, uh, most everybody felt like we were in a pretty good spot. We felt like we had depth, and, and so our overall coverage we feel pretty good about. Um, I know Hixie will be someone that we monitor. I think Miles is pretty much cleared to go in a, in a regular routine. So um, from that standpoint, um, I, I think net net overall, it's, it's been positive from what I've heard from the from the medical people. What are some of the plans do you think for for pitching with the reduced schedule, and not just the reduced schedule, but the fact that some of these games could be five innings if you choose, and there might be a lot of pitchers looking for innings at that. Point. Uh, so a couple things. One yep. is, I think the we're all going to play nine inning games um, in our little region. Um, mm because obviously having where you're playing for off on the 5th, we are going to be searching for those innings. And then we, we do have a little uh, text thread going, trying to uh, orchestrate some B games. So I would imagine you're going to see us backfill that way. And, and when you look at our club, I mean, we're, we're certainly in need of innings. Um, I was all for this schedule. I thought it made sense. It was logical. But clearly when you look at, at, at sort of the depth of our, our, our pitching staff, When you start to say, well, you know, who's going to start and who's going to relieve, there's a lot of guys in that reliever um, um, bucket that need to get innings in this camp. And so there's certainly some challenges that lie ahead, but we are, uh, you know, we're thoughtful on that, and uh, so the preparation to line up some B games is already in the works. Because you won't have a minor league camp to send guys
5: to, is this your camp for for the duration, do you think, or might you peel guys off?
4: I think at some point you'll have the ability, if you need, to peel off um and obviously we can still operate it within the tier section um but you know you don't have a true minor league camp to to say option or or reassign to so at that point we'll have to uh, um, just understand how we want to think about the coaching and development side of that
5: do you have specific protocols or policies in mind for the team with the setup here in jupiter um under the umbrella of what you just said that the idea is to stay healthy, not just get prepared.
4: For all of us who have experienced spring training here in Jupiter in the past, it was, you know, players would sometimes gather and eat out by the, the batting cage. For the most part, they'd take a plate of food, they'd go back to their locker and sit. Um, The Major League locker, for all of you that are familiar with that, is basically every other locker. So then to create more space, we utilize the Minor League locker room space because we're not running parallel camps, so from that standpoint, we have a little bit more room. There's no food allowed in the building, so um, if you're going to eat, you have to eat outside. That's why we set up those tents and and allowed that to be a little more convenient for players. and so. From that standpoint, I think that just the, the look of this camp is much different. I mean, we even have a tent, like right where, remember the old media room used to be? That's now an outdoor weight room. So the, just the look of what this camp looks like is much different. But now when you talk about each city is created differently, and obviously right now in, in, in South Florida, you have you have a lot of people enjoying outdoor space, whether that's beaches, uh, outdoor dining. Our, right now, the Major League Protocol is that you're not allowed to attend a restaurant inside or out until at least March 1st, so camps get up and running. So we've really impressed upon our players that you, know, you can get carry out, you can do something, um, you have something delivered, but just please re- remember that you cannot go to a bar, restaurant, or large gathering so you know hopefully our players understand that our staff understand that but those are the rules moving forward and you know Derek one of the things I think we're all trying to understand is is as you can imagine getting um, all these rules and regulations a week ago we're all drinking from a fire hose to, to just sort of understand and make sure we're implementing it and so we did divide and conquer we had everybody, sort of understand and become experts on the point that they're most responsible for. And so over the last few days, we've been meeting on that and making sure we're communicating that. Hey, Mo, one of the things about today is you got a new coach as well in Dusty Blake. Can you talk about the decision to hire him a little bit and how you see his role fitting in with the with the team going forward? Yeah, a couple thoughts on that. Um, obviously, uh, you know, we, we had lost a member of our staff last year. And one of, one of the things we wanted to do was was look to see how we could – improve upon that and one area we thought would be important was to sort of modernize our approach to how we thought about pitching and so we were looking for someone that had an understanding of advanced metrics, um, newer technologies and so Dusty was someone that was highly regarded at the collegiate level and um, had a strong relationship with Mike Schilt going into um, their history. And so, you know, it was just a natural fit for us. So are really excited to see what he can bring. I've had some dialogue with him over the past couple weeks on some things that, you know, I definitely feel like he'll be uh, an asset to this organization. Well, you mentioned the importance of health and safety. What's the status of uh, the staff and players receiving vaccinations? You know, I've heard nothing on, on vaccinations. Um, you know, my fingers are crossed that before we get to uh, St. Louis or opening day that we, we have an opportunity for that, but I certainly understand that, you know, collectively, you're dealing with a, a pretty healthy group of, of young people, and when you're looking at what's happening, you know, throughout our country, there's probably people that are, are more deserving of that opportunity than this group, um, but clearly, if you were vaccinated, it would make, uh, it, w- it, would, it would ease up a lot of the, the protocols that we have in the sense of, of of how you think about where you can go and where you can't.
2: And again, that's Cardinals president of baseball operations, John Moselak. Now, you can gear up for this season with a subscription to Cardinals magazine. It's your premier source for Cardinals coverage in season and out. Sign up at cardinals.com slash magazine or call 314-345-9000. Coming up next, we're going to hear from the skipper. Mike Schilt joins us on the Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day show presented by Amron on the Cardinals Radio Network. Covering a lot of ground here on the Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day show presented by Amron on the Cardinals Radio Network. Pitchers and catchers, of course, reported for duty earlier today. Position players will be reporting next Monday with workouts to follow that. And, of course, the first game, the first spring training game is the 28th. So we're less than two weeks away from getting the the Grapefruit League started for the Cardinals. So it's going to start coming very quickly. And nobody knows that better than Cardinals manager Mike Schilt, who joined me and Claves to kind of talk about how things are going early in camp, how the setup's going to look, and where they want to take a look at various players and positions.
6: Everything's going great. um, You know, I I sheepishly tell you how beautiful it is down (laughs) here with the weather uh, that you guys are dealing with. But uh, you and the people listening in the greater St. Louis area can live vicariously through um, the beautiful blue skies and the 7 degree temperature and the sound of uh, the mitt popping with the pitchers and catchers going
1: Hey Mike, what's that like for you? I mean, you you are a baseball lifer, and, and I would imagine every year is, is is special for you to be part of something you love doing. But what's that first day like, where you, you go through the physicals, you've had your meeting, and you're actually on the field?
6: Yeah, you know what? It just um, once the calendar hits j- January first, New York New Year um, is upon us. My juices start to flow, and then. Man, I just gotta tell you, it's just so nice just to walk out. You've done it, uh, and see the the beautiful green fields at, at Roger Dean Stadium, and see the guys, um, you know, moving around and and stretching and playing catch and throwing bullpens, and you know, just uh, it allows me to at least to pause and, and appreciate how how fortunate I am to be not only in the game but also in the manager of the St. Louis Cardinals, and just take a minute, and enjoy and appreciate the opportunity that we have, and. And just from a baseball standpoint, just uh, take a step back and enjoy what we get to get to do and see, and uh, just love the game and get a chance to be a part of it. And that's nothing like the first day.
2: <laughs> yeah, although I, I, I'm guessing it's probably going to feel a little different this year because well, I mean everything's different, right? I, I think Cardinal right. fans and baseball fans are probably tired of the word "different," but you know, <laughs> the, the adjustments and everything else just part of the game coming into this year, right?
6: Yeah, you know, Mike Maddox, our pitching coach, talked about being elite adjusters. We could change that mindset. Um, you know, we can't do anything about it. We can work and, and be elite within what the parameters allow us. Um, you know, it's easy to complain about what you don't have and there's plenty out there to complain about, but we're more grateful for what we do have and spend our time and energy and resources on trying to figure out to be the best we possibly can under the circumstances that we have.
1: Mike, uh, obviously 2020 was different for all of us. A lot of changes took place. You had to push the pause button a couple of times. What did you take away from how you got your team ready to play in 2020 that you're going to try and apply in this spring training? Because it's going to be limited. You won't have as many games to work with. Mm -hmm. Uh, You may not be able to even have all your guys under one roof at the same time as far as the workouts are concerned. So have you taken any of those things to try and apply for this
6: year? For sure. You know, I thought we did a really, really good job. If we hadn't, we wouldn't have been able to accomplish what we were able last year to adjust on the fly. I mean, you're talking about a well-documented, I want to learn from the past, I want to relive it necessarily, but we do live it to some degree um, with the protocols, the parameters in place. But I really felt like our group, especially after some of the circumstances that came at us, you know, fast and hard, it was already in a challenging time. You know, we 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 adjusted super quick and a lot of people really stepped up and, and made um, a lot of contributions outside of their typical roles, um, not only on the, on the field, but also, you know, with our staff and medical staff and so forth. But so you learn a lot from that. You know, you, you figure out what that looks like. Now we have the, a little more known, um, so it's easier to, to deal with. We're, um, you know, still figuring out the best practices to use based on the environment that we currently have. But we learned a ton from last year um, individually and collectively, and, and it'll help us move forward.
2: Mike, I know one thing that's different from last year is the guy you'll be able to write in at third base. And I know you've talked about it, but not since, since the last time we had you on the countdown, you didn't mm-hmm. have Nolan Arenado. Must be nice to play with all those different lineup possibilities with that guy somewhere there in the middle.
6: Yeah, he's there. You know, there's no question about that. And um, we talk about wanting to have anchors to our club. And we also talk about the benefit of having anchors on different parts of the side of the, you know, different parts of the baseball. You know defensively offensively nolan aaronado definitely is a proven anchor in both so he'll clearly hit in the middle of our lineup and be somebody that um, the other team has to has to game plan for and, and just lengthens the lineup makes people around him better and then defensively obviously he's a you know platinum gold glove winner and, and a perennial gold glove winner in third base and will help uh, continue to allow us to be a, a league defensive team as well and his makeup's off the chart he's got a dedication to want to win and he's in the right spot and around a lot of people that have the same mindset.
1: You know, with the fact that him playing third base, you've got a young man in Nolan Gorman who has been a third baseman throughout his life. Sure. What's the plan for him down the road? And, and where do you see him fitting in in this spring training? Because at bats and innings are going to be at a premium right now. You've got to make sure you got the guys that you're going to take north with, you have to get them ready to play. But you, it's probably a good opportunity to get a look at this young man and see what he can provide down the road.
6: Yeah, you know, Clay, it's a good question. Um, I called um, Gorman, you know, a couple of days, let the dust settle, let him meditate on a little bit, um, check in on him, see what he thought. You know, we had a really quality conversation. His head was in a good place. I won't share the content of the conversation, but he was in a, you know, real positive place. Um, and it was really a lot of the things he said, you, you know, it's not necessarily what you want to hear, but it's what, what people say that have confidence in their own ability. Um, and he's also a team guy. So. You know what it means looking forward. I mean, we've been at, we've had a chance to um, to see Nolan in our camp the last couple of years and given him some opportunities, give him some of the bats. He's handled himself well. Um, to your point, you know we're gonna have 24 games this year and our spring training. You know last year we had closer to 33. So, you know you're talking about about a third of our spring training reduced. So that's that's innings and the bats just aren't, aren't as available. Um, but Nolan will get it. We'll pick his spots with him as far as other opportunities. You know, this guy's um, taking some ground balls already at second base. has got some work in the outfield previously. Um, so we'll continue the minor league side. will do their part, um, work with Nolan, and figure out what the best um, solution for him is and getting work and make sure he keeps swinging that bat.
2: Okay, that's part one of our conversation with Cardinals manager Mike Schilt. Part two is coming up in just a couple of minutes. I want to remind you that uh, while it's been terribly cold and snowy out here in the Midwest, We can all dream about the summer months when we can enjoy time together outside and Cardinals special events offers all kinds of unique options for celebrating outdoors in Bush stadium. So that's things like cocktails on the warning track or brunch in the bullpen. Well, your group, no matter how you go, will be able to make memories that'll last a lifetime. Just visit cardinals.com slash events to find out more. All right. We'll pick up our conversation with Mike shield again, next up here on the Cardinals countdown to opening day show presented by Amron on the Cardinals radio network. It's the Cardinals countdown to opening day show presented by Amron here on the Cardinals radio network. Mike Claiborne, Kevin Wheeler with you and getting back to our conversation with Cardinals skipper, Mike Schultz. The concept of competition is talked about a lot in spring training. Where are the areas that you see on the roster that have the most competition going on? Cause we, we know certain guys uh, and obviously others still have opportunities in front of them.
6: Yeah. You know, I love the competition. It's one of the things that we always are looking to do in our camp. Clearly you want to get guys ready. You want to, progress it to where they're feeling good from a health standpoint, get them ready to start the season. Um, But we want to compete um, in in almost everything that we do within camp. And there's just natural competition in the club. I mean, some of it's, um, you know, until we have spring training to to, uh, identify what we have, get guys ready and evaluate the team and put our best foot forward. When we start that season, we go over to play in Cincinnati on April 1st. But, you know, where the competition lies immediately, I mean, um, you know that starting rotation has some competition to it we got some anchors that we know that'll be in that rotation um and you know O, of course we're glad to have him back and jack and mm-hmm. looks like miles is healthy i talked to him yesterday and saw him play catch and everything looked free and clean and he's optimistic so you know he's a two-year established starter prior to last year and <clears throat> you know kK had a tremendous year in a starting role last year and then you got Carlos who had a good uh, winter campaign, the Dominican helped pitching that club to uh, the Caribbean Championship. Um, of course, Ponce will be in that mix. We're going to give Johnny Gant a shot at it, who's been on the outside looking in that competition, done a good job in our bullpen. Um, and so, you know, has some flexibility there. Of course, Alex Reyes will be giving a look there. You know, the concern with Alex is not necessarily his stuff. Clearly, that's not an issue. He's got starter stuff, and we'd love for him to have a chance to be in the rotation for sure, but we want to. Also, be weary of his innings, and make sure the long-term plan for Alex makes sense this year and and moving forward. So, you know, that's probably where a lot of our unknowns are on the club. But um, you know, look, that's why we go to spring training. And, you know, I hope I'm pretty confident that everybody comes in with the mindset they got to not only make the club but earn their spot.
1: You know, it, it's apparent that with Matt Carpenter not being a starter, he he probably gets some balls at second base. Uh, what about your bench from the left side? He he would be your one guy. And also, what do you look like, or what are you looking at like as far as competition with respect to the shortstop backing up Paul DeYoung?
6: Yeah, so, um, yeah, Carp uh, talked to him similar to Gorman, but I called Carp almost immediately after the Nolan Arenado deal came out. And um, as you would expect, but very genuine, this guy was super excited about um, Nolan coming on board, recognized it, compromised his opportunity, especially as of the moment, um, being in a more traditional National League setting with no DH. So he's even, you know, he's further compromised. Um, Carp is, um, he will get some work at second base. He's done it, played it in 13, last played it in 18, um, and, and did so uh, confidently. Uh, he's had a good off season. So, you know, he'll be, it's hard to forecast what it looks like, um, but he could be a guy that gets in there at second, a guy that could be our primary bet off the bench from the left-handed standpoint. Um, you know, relative to, to giving paulie below at short. You know, Edmund can play short as well, so there's an opportunity to slide over. Um, I don't like to slide guys that may be regulars, um, bounce them around too much, but it's a possibility. Um, you mentioned Sosa. Uh, Sosa's a chance. He's done a. Edmundo's done a nice job last year. Was really um, kind of snake bit a little bit with COVID and just just wasn't his year, versus on a lot of timing issues that. Some were, and mostly were not in his control. Um, but it's had a nice camp for us and played well in the last couple of years. Um, and then we've got Max Moroff, who's who we signed as a minor league free agent. He's Got some big league time. Has had some time on the left side of the field. So um, you know, there's some there's some opportunities there. We haven't mentioned a few guys, but those are some of the highlights. And uh, you know, we'll see what it looks like. And you know, we'll bounce those guys around and see what the, see what they uh, can do and see if they can earn that opportunity to go in there when Paulie needs a blow.
2: Mike, last thing I have for you, and it's about the bullpen. You mentioned the a, a number of guys that are in contention for potential spot in the rotation. I got to believe that looking down there at what you have available is almost like looking outside in your driveway and seeing a Lamborghini. You see all these guys throwing 100 <laughs> miles an hour. You've got another three or four that got sliders that rank amongst the best in the game when people look at pitch metrics and things along those lines. You got guys with changeups that fall into that. I mean, the diversity, the depth, the velocity, I mean – I know it's a, it's, a, it's a game that's largely based on bullpens now. You got to feel pretty good about that group.
6: Yeah, I feel really good about it. You know, a couple of guys that didn't mention the starter mix that, or that need to mention are Ponce de Leon and Oviedo. Um, but those guys proved themselves last year and will compete for those opportunities. Yeah, our bullpen, I mean, you're talking about um, an experienced group now. has been together for a while. So no real order. Um, you know, Cabrera. Um, has done a nice job for us. Obviously, Gallegos has been a really strong presence for us, and when he was out a little bit last year, we clearly missed him. Um, of course, Andrew Miller provides a, a better um, presence down there. Tyler Webb's done a really nice job, you know, getting outs for us. Of course, um, Helsley, Ryan Helsley's done a tremendous job. Um, you know, was interrupted last year himself, but really, has pitched, pitched well, at taking that next step. Uh, you know, we mentioned Reyes. Reyes was really a, a weapon out of that bullpen last year as well. Um, and, of course, we have Jordan Hicks back that, um, you know, looks like he's going to be ready to go. We'll, we'll monitor him and ease him into camp, but we're, we're really uh, super optimistic there's no restrictions for him. And, you know, I mentioned some of the guys that are in that starting rotation, but we mentioned six, seven, eight of them. And the fact of the matter is we'll probably go with the five-man rotation. So you'll you'll see a couple of those guys bounce to the bullpen. Um and so you know it's a it's a it's a position of strength for us. The game is, you know, look, I say the game goes there. You know, it's been more magnified because the game's been shortened. Um, you know, in a sense of relievers, you know, taking on more ownership of the game, more chunk of time in the game, more innings. Um, but I can tell you this, Kevin. Um, you know, in my managerial career, including the minor leagues and then coaching, even prior to that, I can tell you tell you really simply, you know, good teams have good bullpens. Um, and 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 you know, your your intelligence as a manager is really based on the strength of your bullpen.
1: <laughs> I've I've heard a lot of great managers use that point. He's only as smart <laughs> as a guy who closes games for him. <laughs> and before we get out of here, Mike, question. You know, you you rattle off a lot of names. A lot of guys got some ring mm-hmm. experience last year, and you've also talked on a couple of occasions about talking to guys off the in the off season. Communication for you has been one of the strong points from day one. Uh, and and I would assume because of COVID and how things unfolded last year, it was an even greater situation that wasn't unexpected from your players because you've always made good contact. Is that mm-hmm. something you think we we see more of now in the game, where communication, instead of assuming a guy would know or would do this, it's better to just make sure you have that that one-on-one conversation?
6: Yeah, I think it's crucial, Clay, is the, the communication piece. Um, people in general, I mean, look, I just enjoy the relationships. That's why I got into coaching 100 years ago as a opportunity to be a part of young men's lives and help them reach their God-given ability and just be a part of their journey and uh, try to grow them and be supportive of them. And so that really hasn't changed now, just a higher level. Of course, I love the competition of it as well, but communication is so vital um, and it's a two-way transparency to it. You know, I'm a really um, i try to be a very honest um, direct guy you know um, sincere with what i'm telling the guys sometimes i tell them things they want to hear sometimes not as much and um, but also appreciate the transparency coming back at me where they have the they're comfortable being able to share their thoughts and and um, you know most everybody regardless of circumstance or career you know more or less wants to know where they stand so i try to create as much clarity for that as possible um, you know and, and just make sure that everybody kind of you know, because if you don't have communication, things just get broken down. You know, you mentioned with COVID it being more important. I, I, I agree with you completely, Clay. Um, the reality is it's 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 more important, but um, more of a challenge to do. We welcome the challenge. We have to do it in different formats, in different manner. Um, we need to continue to be intentional in making sure that we're we're having those communications with players um, within the parameters that are that are laid there now because they're not as conducive for uh organic conversation so you have to be super intentional about what that looks like and even intentionally you can only do it and you only have so much time now at the ballpark so it's intentional that's the one thing I realized about last year is you know it just there wasn't a time you know for for everything that that uh you're used to have done but that's that's what it is so you have to be more creative to figure out uh, and be even more efficient with your time
2: Mike, we're going to let you get back to work. Thank you so much for doing this. I guess fingers crossed. We can actually see this now since we're doing this on Zoom. Fingers crossed. I'll knock on some wood if I can. Good health. Good luck with everything.
6: Thank you for doing this. We'll talk to you soon. My privilege, guys. Always a pleasure. Have a blessed day. Appreciate you. Thanks, Mike.
2: Always a good time talking ball with Mike Schild and certainly uh, busy and different type spring training than we've ever seen before but good to have baseball back. And obviously great to hear how Mike Schilt is looking at things as we head towards the regular season. All right, stick around. We've got a little bit more work to do Uh, next hour. We're going to hear from Mike Maddox. We're going to hear from Cardinals director of player development, Gary LaRock. We'll hear from Matthew Libertor and Nolan Gorman as well. So a lot of cool things coming your way in the next hour. I want to remind you that the Cardinals kid clubs presented by Rawlings is the exclusive fan club for kids 13 and under. With the cardinals now membership includes access to exclusive virtual events and items including a fleece blanket and a wall sign all for just 33 bucks you can join at cardinals.com kids club now coming up next we're going to give away a 2021 cardinals calendar so stick around for your opportunity on that here on the cardinals radio network
0: One on nobody out the two opens' here you're swinging a long fly ball in the left field that's going to leave the park The Countdown to Opening Day Show, presented by Amron. That ball's hit deep to left. This one's gonna be out of here. Get up, baby. Get up, get up, get up. Oh yeah. This one is gonna go. Oh my, he got all of that one. Now, Mike Claiborne and Kevin Weaver and the Countdown to Opening Day Show, presented by Amron on the Cardinals Radio Network
2: number two here on the Cardinals countdown to opening day show presented by Amron on the Cardinals radio network. Mike Claiborne in Jupiter, Kevin Wheeler with you here in St. Louis and Claves is great to hear from Mike Schilt in that last hour. And of course, we talked to him a bit earlier this week about the big picture, right? The challenges of getting prepared under the current set of circumstances uh, the, you know, some interesting things. We'll get more on this from Mike Maddox specifically about the pitching later on this hour. But I do think the logistics of this and also the reality of how much exactly you're going to get done, what kind of a look young players are going to get with so few innings compared to a normal year. It's going to be an interesting look, but, you know, I think we got a pretty good kind of vibe about what they see and what they need to see in spring, according to the skipper.
1: Yeah, you're right. And, you know, one of the things that's, I think, important today I think there's a reason why some managers are successful and that's because they're organized and they take note of things and they communicate. And that's something we talk with Mike yeah, about. Yeah. But I also feel that the one plus that Mike Schilt may have to his advantage is the fact he's gone through a pause and he had to stage an entire, basically a spring training too, with one field at Bush stadium. Mm-hmm. And so with that in mind, I think it gives them a little bit of an advantage on preparation But the other thing that goes into this, Kevin, you may have, what do they have? 60 guys, 65 guys here. 65, yeah, yeah. You better be worried about 35 guys right now, about those guys who are going to be part of what you do when you leave camp and people that you may count on coming out of the minors should somebody spring a leak uh, early in the season. Somebody's going to be ready to go. The rest of them are going to have to find their way in how they can impress people and and be prepared to go to Memphis and some of the other places that they may end up. But I I think overall, the way this camp is set up and the other thing is important – all these coaches, there's been one change in the entire staff. So they've all gone through this. They've all shared their information and their thoughts on what works and what didn't. So I think it gives them a little bit more emphasis on let's just get to it because we know what we, we know what we're doing here compared to feeling for what the next step should be.
2: Yeah. You know, norm, a normal spring, you know, there are extra innings. There are, Mm -hmm. you know, there are plate appearances to be had for guys that are not expected to be with the team this year. Right. I mean, it would be great to say we got we, let's get Nolan Gorman some good game action at second base, but with fewer games, it's going to be harder to do those things. You know, with fewer games, it's going to be harder to give a guy like Matthew Libertor a look. And I mentioned those guys because we're going to hear from them later on this hour. But it's certainly not just about them. You can throw in Zach Thompson and you know all of the other young players that are going to be around. This is definitely going to be more learning experience for those guys than it is opportunity for playing time or to crack the team, unless you were one of those guys you refer to, Clay. one of those guys that the team's already kind of counting on for the early part of the year, because the minor league season certainly doesn't look like it's starting on time. No, and it minor, doesn't. Le- minor league camp is not starting on time. In fact, I'd be surprised if they start before the major leaguers are gone. So well, we, you're we right. may not see, we may not see the minor league season start till May.
1: It's my understanding that the minor league, uh, minor leaguers won't even report until we're out of here. Right. So, and you, you're spot on on that. And it's going to take them some time to get ready. Yep. Uh, but the question would be, what will those guys who we leave behind? They'll they'll have a little bit of an advantage. And, and you know, and obviously they need to stay sharp somehow, some way. So, th- I think the key here is don't get hurt early. <laughs> don't get hurt early. And, yeah. you know, things will go okay. But the Cardinals have a lot of depth. You, you heard Mike Schilt look at some positions that he has oh, yeah. an interest in. But overall, it's, I think if we can just keep people healthy and, and just stay on schedule, I think we can have a, we can make the most of a very taxing situation. Now,
2: as, as far as figuring things out, Claves, and we, again, we talked about it with, with Mike and where there's competition and all that. I mean, you're talking about the back of the rotation, but we know there's a lot of pitching here, uh, both for the rotation and the bullpen. The infield is set. You know, your catching situation is pretty much set, uh, barring a surprise or an injury or whatever. But I think the spring is still going to be a lot about sorting out the outfield who earns the opportunity to get the, the stretch of playing time at the beginning of the year. And then who keeps that opportunity once the season starts.
1: I think left field and center field are still up for grabs. I think they're going to play Carlson no matter what, because they think he can play through it. But I think the, the, the audition time for Bader, and uh, Tyler O'Neill is kind of winding down where they have to produce, or they're going to move to the next options, be it Lane Thomas or Justin Williams or someone else that we're not even talking about. Yeah, Austin right now. Dean, I guess. Yeah, okay. Austin and, Dean would be another guy. And the question is, how short is that leash? You, you mentioned earlier, there won't be as many at bats, there won't be as many innings to pitch. So guys better come out swinging and, because I don't think you can afford to have a slow leak and still think you can go down the road with this ball club uh, because they got to find people who can play and play right now.
2: It's chilly and cold and snowy outside here in the Midwest, and we're all dreaming of the summer when we can get outside and spend some time together. Well, while you're thinking about that, maybe think about Cardinals special events. They offer all sorts of unique options for celebrating outdoors in beautiful Busch Stadium, from cocktails on the warning track to brunch in the bullpen. Your group will be sure to make memories that will last a lifetime. So visit cardinals.com slash events to find out more. All right, we got a lot to do this hour. Uh, We're going to hear from Gary LaRock, the Cardinals Director of Player Development, talk a bit about how uh, the minor league camp is going to look and talk a bit about some of the Cardinals' top prospects. We'll catch up with Mike Maddox after that. Stick around. Busy second hour here on the Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day show presented by Amron on the Cardinals Radio Network.
0: This is the Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day show presented by Amron on KMOX. We
2: continue on on the Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day show presented by Ameren here on the Cardinals Radio Network. Mike Claiborne, Kevin Wheeler with you here. I'm trying to do our best today with pitchers and catchers reporting for the first time earlier today to set the stage. What to expect in spring training. We did that with Mike Schilt last hour. We'll take a look at the Cardinals' uh, plans for how they're going to handle their pitching and all of that with Mike Maddox coming up in the next segment. Here, we're going to hear from Gary LaRock, who is the Cardinals Director of Player Development, and we'll talk a bit about some of the team's top prospects and also kind of how the team is going about getting minor leaguers ready in a season where we still don't have a lot of finality about what the minor leagues are going to look like. Well, we know that pitching has always been a strength of the organization. That doesn't appear to be any different right now. We saw a couple of these guys last year by necessity, right? We saw Johan Oviedo maybe a little earlier than we would have in a normal setting, but showed well, looks like everything you would picture in the big right-handed front-of-the-rotation guy. When you look at the pitching depth, it, it from afar, it looks like you're going that way, that you've got guys that are going to be ready to help out here really soon, especially, I mentioned Oviedo, but also the young left-handers, Matthew Libertor and Zach Thompson.
5: Um, all names that i um, glad you mentioned, and certainly um, if you look at um, Johan and the work he did last year, I think back to um, four year, three, four years ago when he was still on the move through the system. As one of those pitchers to be in this position you're speaking of today to yeah. help us, which is exactly what we do on a, on a we hope a consistent basis. But Zach for Zach and uh, Matthew certainly both pitchers that uh, we think highly of, and um, they're going to be ready. We're going to we're going to get them in a position to be ready, uh, and then uh, try to do what we've been doing, which is have the success on the pitching side. In order to provide our major league club the, what they need all the way down the line, and uh, it's become more important than ever. It was never less important, I don't think. I mean, I I grew up in this in in the industry always as a National League employee, mm-hmm. recognizing the importance of pitching, and um, I think it's I think it's very important that this group continues on, and then the ones right behind them step right in.
2: Absolutely. All right, two last guys that I'm going to run by you, Gary. One that we're all going to see at some point this year. We saw last year in Dylan Carlson. We'll get to him in a second. But a lot of people, um, I don't want to say wondering, but certainly curious about the immediate future for Nolan Gorman. I mean, he's a third baseman, has been since he was a young younger player. And obviously, Nolan Arenado is there in the big leagues. And rather than talk about what's in store for him, because I'm sure he'll have to get a few gloves and work on that, I just want to talk about the relationship between what's at the major league level and how that translates to how you run the top prospects as they climb the ladder and get closer.
5: It's a uh, a great part of our communication that as a young player comes in the system, um, we may not decide it, but from that standpoint, the reason is we may not decide where the final position for a player will be we may just have to prepare so that with time that player is ready in the event of, if that makes sense. So as an example, you look back to, um, I mean, Matt Carpenter played multiple positions and and he had to get to the big leagues and then step in. Um, You look at um, right now, Tommy Edmond, you look at a number of players that we've had where we had them at a certain position and, uh, and they moved a great example. Uh, I remember when Paul DeYoung, was going to be asked to go to the Arizona Fall League. And I remember saying to the coaches, you know, in the Fall League, you have coaches from multiple teams taking our, our players. And Paul went there, and I remember saying to the manager, now you may want to play him at shortstop. Now at the time, Paul DeYoung was playing third base in our organization, if you are, as you recall. And we said, you may want to play him at short, but I assure you, if you do, you won't want to move them. <laughs> You're going to... And so those kind of things happen, and it evolves. And what it does is it prepares the organization for that versatility if needed. It doesn't hurt the player at all. And, no. and in this case, if you look back at what Paul did, um, he stepped right in and continued. And so that's what happens. Uh, so we, we've had, we have had um, um, player moves along the way, but certainly versatility becomes the key word. And unless that player's, you know, just built for one position, uh, that versatility can be very helpful for Mike Schultz and staff. And uh, if he was on this call, I'm sure he'd say uh, pretty much the same thing because we talk about it often.
2: Heck, Albert moved around. (laughs) I mean, one of the greatest hitters to come through. He got to move around when he got to the big leagues.
5: You, you, you're so right with over the course of time, we could drop a, a long list of players <laughs> who were able to help the Cardinals at different positions rather than where they were as, uh, when they first started out, per se. Um, and that's just the nature of the game, too.
2: Absolutely. All right, lastly, uh, just a question related to Dylan Carlson. Um, you know, he's rated, by again, by the outside, the par- the the organizations that we as baseball fans read about, right? We learn about prospects largely through Baseball America or Baseball Prospectus or MLB.com. And Dylan is ranked really highly across the board with everybody. We saw him last year. We saw a struggle. We saw an adjustment. And now we're waiting to see what we're going to see in 2021. What did you guys see last year? Because there were times where he really looked comfortable, especially after the original return to Springfield and then got to come back.
5: It's a good point as to what last year looked like. As far as now, how does it play for this year? Right. It would be natural to think about well, well, what will it be like stepping into the big leagues? We we think along those lines for all of our all of our uh, players, pitchers, regulars. We we think along the same lines that when a player steps to the big leagues, what will that player produce for us? We've always had. And we've had the good fortune of players making it and contributing. And that's been a big key. As, the, as many, many of the kids would tell you along the way, Gary keeps telling us getting there is one thing, but staying there is what you have to prepare for. And, and in Dylan's case, he will prepare. He, he constantly prepares. So, therefore, I look at him and say I'm far less worried about uh, what the end product is because he's a, he's a constant student of the game. He's a good worker. He loves the game. Um, so when he went up and then came back, it was part of that development curve, quite frankly. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it's okay, you know. And, and in, anytime I've ever had the opportunity to talk about it with others, I've said that's not a problem at all because at the end of the day, how many players do we really look back on that did it differently? Well, most players have had some learning curve in the big leagues because it's a constant adjustment. And that's the ultimate, being in the big leagues. So, um, but I know this much. He's going to prepare. He's a great worker. Uh, he loves the game. And uh, uh, having seen him in the minor leagues for, for the years he's been here, he's been just, uh, just great to watch and a great teammate. And uh, it's going to be fun to watch him this year.
2: And, again, that was Cardinals Director of Player Development, Gary LaRock, with us here on the countdown to opening day show. I want to remind you that you can gear up for the 2021 season with a subscription to Cardinals magazine. It's your premier source for Cardinals coverage in season and out. You can sign up at cardinals.com slash magazine or call 314-345-9000. Coming up next, Cardinals pitching coach Mike Maddox joins us. It's the Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day show presented by Amron on the Cardinals Radio Network.
0: This is the Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day show presented by Amron on KMOX.
2: It's Cardinals countdown to opening day show presented by Amron here on the Cardinals radio network, Mike Claiborne, Kevin Wheeler with you here, and continuing to use this show on the day that pitchers and catchers report to kind of set expectations and, and really let us know how this is all going to let you all know how this is going to play out from the perspective of the people that are designing the plans, right? Mike Schultz last hour, Gary LaRock last, last segment. Now it's time to hear from the Cardinals pitching coach, Mike Maddox about getting things started down there today, about how they're going to move forward and really how they're going to manage having, fewer innings than they normally do.
1: This spring training, we won't have as many games. You have a lot of good pitchers that you had a chance to see last year during the season. How are you going to find enough innings, especially good innings for these guys, uh, considering the the shortage of games, uh, very few. Uh, you won't have the split squads to play with as well, and no minor league games for these guys to throw in. So how's that schedule going to shake out? Man, i tell you what,
7: that is uh, where I'm spending all my time right now is working schedules and different schedules and you know if if we can get some b games this that and the other and and try to really what I'm trying to do is condense if I took a the template that we use for starters and relievers combined with about you know 14 guys I have uh, generally used about 309 innings and that includes about 36 to 40 of those being minor league innings well, of course, we don't have minor leagues, so I'm short those 36 innings. And, mm. and then um, usually we play a 30-game schedule, and this one we have 24 on the schedule. So that knocks us down from 270 to 216. So you're like, well, how do we take 309 and put it into 216? Well, we're going to have to hope, you know, other teams are in the same predicament. And I have been in touch with a couple of pitching coaches, and they're looking for B games. And if our schedules can um, coincide, maybe we can do that. Otherwise, we're going to have to do some uh, glorified live batting practices, uh, simulated games, inter-squad games. But we're going to have to be creative just so everybody can get their innings in and be ready for the season.
2: Man, that that ties into uh, the the other part of this, too, is everybody coming off a, a short season, Mike. I know when we talked to Mike Schild a few weeks back, he mentioned that, you know, the guys were still throwing during the downtime last year after the shutdown. But, Not throwing in games. And that's another angle on this. Besides not having enough innings in spring, or at least as many as you're used to, maybe it will end up being enough. You also, I guess, have to figure out who's going to be able to do what throughout the course of a six month season as you go along, right? That's
7: all part of it. You know, well, we use spring training to build our foundation for the long, you know, for the long haul, you know, uh, get us through the season. And we know that as we go through a season, we're not going to use the, you know, the same. Personnel that we opened up with, you know, we're going to make changes along the way. That's just nature of the beast. But we got to prepare everybody to be ready. And uh, in that preparation, you know, you you do kind of identify guys that you say, well, you know, for sure this guy we got to get him ready, and for sure this guy we got to get ready. And then you get you guys that are competing for a spot on your ball club. You want to make sure they both get opportunities, or you know, maybe three, four guys. You you want to get them opportunities, but. That diamond in the rough that always pops up because uh, you needed an extra guy and he got to pitch and all of a sudden you got your attention. You're like, wow, that we, we got to see this guy again. Well, that diamond in the rough, man, he's going to be uh, he's going to be deep in the mind. That it, it's going to be tough to see those guys this spring. Yeah, that's the tough part. The the opportunities for our younger guys are it's going to be a challenge to get them in games.
1: Mike, you had a chance to see just about the entire organization last year. Uh, as far as pitching is concerned, who are you looking forward to seeing this year that you saw just a hint of last year? And did you advise most guys, maybe with the exception of Hicks and a couple of other ones to come in looking to stretch it out because everyone wants to be a starter for the most part that, that obviously doesn't work, but how do you try and prepare these guys to come in and be ready to do whatever? Well,
7: uh, first part of your question about who last year did we see? we We saw a lot of growth with the Seth Ellich, you know he was in camp with us uh, two years ago and had a real tough time and then last year he came in, made little adjustments, and all of a sudden, um you really saw this guy get over a hump and he's added a change up to his repertoire, so you've seen that young man learn a little bit. Tony Whitley's a guy that we really wanted to see last year, but he ended up uh, being shut down with the virus and then um had an issue on his way back but I would say uh, you mentioned one guy that I really want to see is Jordan Hicks. You know, we haven't seen him for a better part of two years, and everything is, uh, says that rehab is going well and he's locked and loaded, ready to go. So, uh, you know, we're going to take care of him. You know, we're going to have to tap the brakes on him as we would anybody else, but looking forward to seeing him. And uh, another guy, it's funny that you say, you know, who kind of, who did I see that? opened my eyes, well, you know, there's been a guy with our team that everybody has seen, myself excluded. I, I have not seen him, you know, and everybody talked about him, talked about him, and, and finally I did get to see it, and I said, that man, okay, that Alex Reyes, yeah, that's the real McCoy right there. And uh, <laughs> I really like seeing what Alex did last year because that's the first time I've been able to see him throw in, in three years, and he looked really good, and big sky. I mean, big future for that guy.
2: Mike, when you look at the options that you have, I mean, I, I know that you can say that you never have enough pitching, and I think that seems to be true. I look, at it, it seems like, yeah, you have the high-end quality in a number of places, but it seems like you have 16, 17 guys that uh, could be qualified to pitch in the big leagues, although a lot of them had to last year because of the crazy circumstances. you got to be liking the depth that you have and the choices you have to fill out a rotation spot here or there or roles in the bullpen. I think we're blessed.
7: And I think we got to pat uh, player development and scouting on the back with this one. That it's a organizational success story. That if you look down this list of uh, guys that we have, you know, uh, Jack Flaherty, Adam Wainwright, K.K. Uh, Miles, and Carlos Plons, um, Johnny Gant, Cabrera, and Reyes. You know, these guys are all. I'm kind of homegrown. I know uh, Ganton, Cabby, and Wayno were acquired, but they were acquired at a young age and kind of cut their teeth with the Cardinals, you know? And just to see the guys that have come up through the system, a uh, Helsley, a uh, Hicks, Cody Whitley, those guys are success stories with the player development folks. So when you start looking at this, uh, the, the stable of competent pitchers, I mean, our list is a little bit longer than other teams, and you really got to appreciate it give credit where credit's due. But I look at try, trying to get everybody these innings, and you want to be fair to everybody, and you want to treat everybody equal. And, well, these guys, uh, you know, they deserve it because um, they've knocked on the door. A lot of guys got opportunities last year that maybe they would not have gotten or they'd gotten them sooner than they would have. But um, they did well with themselves. And, you know, that would be, you know, like a Jacob Woodford or a Johan um, Oviedo. I mean, these guys come up and they held the port really well. And then, um, you know, a couple guys we were high on with uh, Zach Thompson and Matthew Libertori, you know, we did not get to see them, but they were at uh, the Springfield camp, and they were honing their skills for, uh, you know, the two and a half months and busting their tails. So I look forward to seeing those guys as well. But overall, uh, it's a a flattering roster of the guys that we have come to camp.
1: Let's go back to the good old days when you had your first spring training as a professional. What was that like for you, and how much has the game changed from that first day you walked on a big league field to where you are now? Oh wow, um, <laughs> everything a little bit different, as you could say. You know, the, the game changed, the
7: mindsets changed. But uh, man, my first spring training, you know, here I was a young buck and scared to death, and you know, I, I, I'm in camp with my icon. I mean, these were guys that I had their bubblegum cards, and I'm like, man, look over there. That That's Steve Carlton. Wow, that, that's Jerry Kuzman right there. Man, that's John Denny. Hey, that's Mike Schmidt. And you're like, holy cow, there's Gary Lee Maddox. He spells the name kind of funny, but that's Gary Lee Maddox, all right? And just had these freaking all-stars, you know, Pete Rose out there. You, you're like, come on, man, this is – it's surreal. And, you know, one thing I found out was that – uh you know, when it was uh, Carlton's day to pitch, well, that was his game. And, you know, two innings, three innings, four innings, whatever the case may be, he was going to go, you know, until he had enough. And then the the other guys, you know, they filtered in. John Denny got his innings. Kuzma got his innings. And you'd go up and ask the coach, go, uh, hey, coach, um, any idea, like when I'm going to pitch? And they'd say, hey, just stay ready.
1: <laughs> <laughs> when you have to ask, you, you oh, know yeah. you got some work to do. Yeah.
7: Yeah, I said, I think I'll just go throw on the side, Then They said, all right, go ahead, knock yourself out. Stay out of the way.
2: And that is Cardinals pitching coach Mike Maddox. Always a pleasure to talk to Mad Dog here on the Cardinals Radio Network. Uh, I want to remind you that you can get the best baseball content and hot stove updates throughout the offseason and into the season as well by following at MLB on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and you too. All right, stick around. Coming up next, we're going to hear from two of the Cardinals' top prospects, Matthew Libertor and Nolan Gorman. These guys are lifelong friends. They grew up together in the Phoenix area. They're now prospects together in the Cardinals organization, and as a part of the virtual winter warm-up, they spoke with Dan McLaughlin. We'll have some fun with that. Next up, it's the Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day show presented by Amron on the Cardinals Radio Network. It's the Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day show presented by Amron here on the Cardinals Radio Network. Mike Claiborne, Kevin Wheeler with you here. And, you know, we, we may or may not, depending on how things go, we may not get a great look at a lot of Cardinals prospects this spring. As Mike Maddox just explained, I mean, they have a lot less to work with, a lot fewer innings to work with. Um, you know, that, that would also relate to fewer plate appearances and fewer innings in the field to work with this spring as well. So the priority is probably going to have to be on the guys that are going to be or are near the major league level. So that may may limit the opportunities we have to see uh, Matthew Libertor get some big spring training innings or to see Nolan Gorman get some at-bats and maybe get some time in the outfield and at second base as well. But they are still two of the top 100 prospects in major league baseball. Both of them tend to rank in the top 50, depending on, you know, which publications you're reading, which ones you're looking at. But both Matthew Libertor and Nolan Gorman are high-end prospects, They are lifelong friends. They grew up together in the Phoenix area. They're both first-round draft picks in the same year. Now, after the trade involved with Tampa Bay, now they're both in the same organization moving forward. And our good friend Dan McLaughlin had a chance to moderate a conversation between the two Cardinals prospects during the Cardinals' virtual winter warm-up.
8: I think it's so cool when I have the chance to, to talk to young players about when they come to the organization. And Yachty was in the playoffs probably when you guys were about five. And I mean that sincerely. And so, Matthew, you, you had the chance to throw to what we all think here in St. Louis is a future Hall of Famer. He's definitely going to be a Cardinals Hall of Famer. Obviously, Adam Wainwright's going to be a Cardinals Hall of Famer. So for you, Matthew, at spring training, what, what, what was it like throwing to Yachty, a guy that probably you watched growing up and saw him on, you know, the playoffs and the World Series and that kind of thing? And was it exciting? Was it nerve-wracking? Those kind of things.
9: Definitely a little nerve-wracking. I mean, there's sort of the legend surrounding the guy and his name, so it was a little bit startling at first, I guess you could say. I didn't feel like it was necessarily real, but the guy is who he is for a reason. He's good at what he does, so, you know, he made me comfortable. He came up and talked to me before, and I was able to just, you know, kind of, like I said, get in my groove and start cruising. You know, he made all my stuff look way better than it actually is, so I felt really good walking away from the bullpen and just – Watching him receive the ball, watching him throw it back—you know—he just moves so well, and he does everything the right way. And I think it's—it's it's pretty inspiring. and makes you want to do that, and you know, try and carry on that Cardinals legacy and the Cardinals tradition, and the Cardinals way. So it was exciting to say the least.
8: You're going to face the shift a ton. I mean, you're a power lefty hitter. It's just going to happen. With even in, and you guys are perfect to ask about this. Being younger guys and playing at a high level, coming up in high school and getting to professional ball did you see the shift much then and is it something you had to adapt to even at that level
3: i saw it in high school uh probably starting my junior year a little bit and then senior year it was you know every team was doing it pretty much and i loved bunting at the time and i would throw down some bunts and made made teams you know not shift as much on me so i can create gaps if i need them you know if i hit something on the ground or, or whatever so even in pro ball you know the shift is always happening you know, every every team does it, some less than others, but I still have that, that bunting in my back pocket, and I, you know, I'll pull it out sometimes if, you know, I I need to, and I'm hitting the ball on the ground too much, you know, you pull out the bunt, make a move over, and, you know, create gaps for yourself.
8: Give me a scouting report on on Matthew. How, how good is this guy that uh, Cardinal fans are going to see, hopefully, this year?
3: I mean, if you look at, you know, the summer, obviously, not a lot of people got to uh, see what, what he did, but... You know, from my perspective and, and what I saw this summer, it was, you know, probably the best I've ever seen him pitch. You know, everything was on, and obviously his off-speed and his curveball makes people, you know, duck left or right. doesn't really matter. You know, unbelievable fastball, controls the ball, has command in all of his pitches, you know, and he, he outsmarts the hitters. He kind of plays mind games with them. You know, sometimes hitters think a pitcher's going to do this and, you know, has a tendency, but he, he doesn't really – you know do that all too often and you know he's going to make sure he's one step ahead of you before you're even thinking about the next pitch you know as a hitter it's it's tough you you're going pitch by pitch he can think of the hole at bat before you even step into the plate you know he's he's studying that the the second he gets to the field every day so he's just a really smart guy and you know mentally i think is above and beyond what you know there a lot of people are out there and you know he uses that to his advantage
8: Matthew, what would be your scouting report on, on Nolan?
3: Point and simple, one of the best pure hitters
9: I've ever seen. I don't know anybody personally that can hit a ball farther than he can or harder than he can. And as far as his approach to actual at-bats, I'd say the same thing he said about me as far as being a very cerebral kind of guy when he steps into the box this offseason. I somehow ended up with his notebook one day, and I – opened it and got a chance to peek in at a few of his uh, pregame notes that he was keeping happened to be the notes on me. But (laughs) I got to see a couple of his notes and I was actually blown away by how insightful they were and the things that he was able to pick up on. So like you said, similarly to me, I think that he's able to be one step ahead because of those things. And I think he cares enough to want to try. And I think that that's the biggest thing um, where a lot of guys kind of take that bats off and, are kind of lackadaisical about their preparation for the at-bats, and that's something that I've never caught Nolan doing. You know, he's locked in for every single at-bat. He's making sure that before every game he knows who's pitching, what they have, what their stuff looks like. you got a virtual reality so he can go face guys before. So, you know, his preparation is off the charts, and I think that that's made him really, really good and better than most guys who may or may not be as talented as
3: he is.
8: Nolan, do you keep a notebook – every game, every at bat after your games, that kind of thing.
3: So, yeah, I I would say it's, it's one single notebook I've gotten into. I've come across some trainers that I've, I've worked with that, you know, are huge onto the mental side of the game and uh, they've created kind of a system that allows you to do pre and post game notes and, you know, come up with a routine every day. And uh, it's, it's all laid out for me on, on a piece of paper that I'm able to just, you know, fill in the blanks pretty much. So, yeah, i I try to, after every game, sit down for five minutes, if, if that's all I have, and just write something um, and make sure that, you know, I have something on that game because it could have been the best game and, you know, I felt great and then I feel great the next day and I have, you know, the worst game of my life. You know, it's just, a, it's you have to follow that routine that you're in and, you know, trust it. That's the biggest thing is trusting your routine and uh, that's it's pretty much all you can do. There's no... You know, you can't go from having the best game one day to the worst game the next day and thinking you need to change all these things. Like, you're still good. Maybe, you know, you just had a little rough day that, that day. So, you're still the same person. You just got to keep to your routine and, you know, keep going from there.
8: Do you also, Matthew mentioned this, but Nolan, do you have you have virtual? You do a lot of stuff virtually too. Kind of describe that for fans and what that that's like.
3: Yeah, so this uh, this summer actually, since we were sitting in the hotel, you know, all all day every day, um, unless we were at the field, I decided to get the Win Reality uh, VR system, and it basically has every pitcher that's ever pitched in the big leagues on it, and I think they're trying to, you know, get some minor league guys in there as well. But mm-hmm. basically, it's just a big headset. You can hold the bat if you want. You can hold the controller if you want, and you're, you're in the box against whoever you want to face that's in the big leagues right now. So this summer, I I, I did it. And I think the first guy I was facing when I when I got it was uh, Zach Thompson, you know, with us. So obviously, he's not in the system because he hasn't, you know, played in the big leagues yet. But I would take someone comparable to him so I could Blake Snell. And I, I put him in a box or put him on the mound and face Blake Snell for about, I don't know, I'd say 20, 25 minutes before I was leaving to the field, then basically you have a bunch of different choices to do. You can do pitch recognition, occlusion, which is like the ball disappears at a certain distance and you got to pick up what it was. Um, So you're picking up the ball as early as possible. You can do swing decision on it um, and take like full swings. And, you know, it'll tell you if you're swinging at balls or strikes. And, you know, that's a huge help then, and that can be a huge help to anybody, you know, at a young age I know they have it for for youth players as well and honestly I thought it, it kind of turned the summer around for me a little bit as far as you know progressing and getting better at pitch recognition and you know swinging at pitches that I want to I want to swing at there's you know there's a ton of cool features on it like hot zones where where you want to swing and it's just you know it's an un- unbelievable device and I think is just one step one one more thing that is going to improve hitters you know quite a bit
2: and that was Dan McLaughlin with Matthew Libertor and Nolan Gorman as a part of the Cardinals virtual winter warm-up. Always fun hearing from the next generation of Cardinals and again, hopefully the next generation of Cardinals impact players. I want to remind you that the Cardinals Kids Club presented by Rawlings is the exclusive fan club for kids 13 and under. Membership includes ex- access to exclusive virtual events and items that include a fleece blanket, a wall sign and all that for just $33. You can join at cardinals.com slash kids club. All right, coming up next, we're going to give away another 2021 calendar to wrap things up here on the Cardinals countdown to opening day show presented by Amron on the Cardinals radio network.
0: This is the Cardinals countdown to opening day show presented by Amron on OX.
2: All right, getting ready to wrap it up here on the Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day show presented by Amron on the Cardinals Radio Network. It's been a hell of a show. Uh, Great stuff from Mike Schild and Mike Maddox. Uh, Obviously, really great information from Gary LaRock on the player development side of things for the Cardinals and all of this, of course, kind of our way of kickstarting our spring training coverage with a look ahead since we really only had a little bit of stuff happening today down in Jupiter next week. And the week after that, we're going to have a whole heck of a lot more. Uh, next week, we'll be really close. of just a few days away from the first Grapefruit League game. By the time we get two weeks down the road, we've got multiple games. We'll hopefully no injuries, you know, knock on wood, but baseball is back. And I think we're all thrilled about that. I want to remind you that the 2021 Cardinals calendar celebrates 12 epic moments in Cardinals history and gets you ready for baseball. With spring training and regular season schedules, you can get it at your area grocery stores and retailers or by calling 314 345 That's 314-345-9000. Now, one lucky person, though, can get their Cardinals calendar, their 2021 calendar, for free right now. That's the first caller at 314-531-1120. 314-531-1120. First caller picks up the 2021 Cardinals calendar for free. So for Mike Claiborne and all of our guests, thanks so much to uh, Mike Schilt. And Mike Maddox for spending time with us. Gary LaRock as well. And, of course, thanks to Ben Boyd for putting it all together. We appreciate you guys. Hopefully the start of the spring is fun and there are no setbacks between now and next week. But you know what we'll do next week, right? We'll let you in on everything that's happening here on the Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day show presented by Amron on the Cardinals Radio Network.